In a world full of noise and confusion, it's hard to focus on what's really important. In a culture where religion has become a grab bag of ideas, the precision of language is necessary for the proclamation of truth. This podcast is dedicated to that type of precision. I'm not sure what we'll talk about each day in this podcast, but you can rest assured that as our thoughts and questions continue, we will search the scriptures in order to know the truth. So let's get started. Are you listening? If you haven't noticed, this week we're discussing ministry on social media, and particularly those who like to use social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc., as a platform whereby they teach the gospel or teach scripture or share the faith. I think just like the public square, it's a good place to do that. However, there's some problems that are going on because there are a lot of people outside the purview of the local church and the oversight of elders who seem to use Facebook and Twitter I'll just say social media or Facebook from now on, they use these mediums as an opportunity to be hateful, disrespectful, unloving, because they think they're the arbiter of truth. One of those particular problems is that people think they're able to be disrespectful to someone else. Now, let's just take this for a second based on what the Scripture teaches us. First, the Bible is taught and written in the New Testament by the apostles. So that means that there are a particular group of men that Jesus personally selected and sent to be his apostles, those who are sent by Christ as messengers, those who were given supernaturally the understanding of the gospel. On top of that, they were given apostolic gifts to validate their teaching, to validate their message. Then as the Spirit of God gave them the ability to write their letters, they actually wrote Scripture. Now, there are no apostles today, so therefore there is no one who can say that they can act and operate with the same authority as the apostles. But there were many elders during the day of the apostles. As a matter of fact, let's keep in mind that the apostles were never elders. They were never pastors of any church. And today there are no such thing as apostles who oversee the local churches, but rather the elders of those local churches, as we see Paul tell Titus, he left him in Crete that he might put in order the things that remain by appointing elders in every city. So elders today, pastors, just like Timothy was, are commanded and instructed and given the duty and the responsibility of giving oversight to the local church. So when Paul talks about those people by name on his, in his letters, he's not telling Timothy that he should go and talk about these people. As a matter of fact, there's no instruction in the New Testament to any pastor or any elder whereby they should bring publicly attention to people who are teaching things that are false. The Bible actually prohibits bringing attention to false teachers. However, it does give the pastor elder the oversight of the church and the care and the watch care of the church so that when we as pastors are ministering to our local and personal congregation, not people in another part of the world that we just happen to know and communicate with via telephone, television, or Facebook, but the people that God has entrusted to us this very place and where we live at this very moment in time where we can visit with them and see them and teach them. We are then instructed as people come across false teaching and it comes into our local assembly, we are supposed to say, no, this is not good because the Bible says this. And even in that situation, we are not to give exposition to the error, but we are supposed to give exposition to the truth, because God works divinely through the truth of Scripture. He does not work divinely through the teaching of error. Teaching error 
is something that man can do, but only the Scripture and its truth can regenerate someone and give them the ability to see and believe. And most importantly, only the truth of Scripture can give someone the power of discernment to see when error comes their way. So, for example, if someone is listening, let's say, to a heretic, or they're reading a book by some false teacher, and we see that, of course we say, hey, you shouldn't listen to this and you shouldn't learn this because of this. That's as far as we go. We don't get into bad-mouthing these people because we ought to pray that God would transform the lives of these false teachers and bring them to faith. That's exactly what Paul says. Pray that God would grant them repentance that they may come to the knowledge of the truth so that they would escape the snare of the enemy of the devil who captured them to do their to do his bidding. So that should be what pastors do. And then beyond that, we then teach the truth. We then teach the truth. We don't go back in and make a ministry of calling out error and calling out false teachers. Because if we do, then we'll never have time for truth because let me tell you something. Let's just be let's just be honest. There are always going to be a thousand to one more false teachers than there are true teachers. So when does it ever stop? But never do we see Timothy calling out anybody. We don't see that. We see church discipline being practiced within the church. We see that the the pastoring of of people should, should always be respectful and gentle. And even if I have to call out a fellow pastor for an erroneous teaching or an error, even if it's something that's grave, I need to do that with respect. The Bible says to the elders of the church, especially those who have men in their church that are older than them in age, to be respectful when correcting an older man. As a matter of fact, it is a sin before God to even bring a charge against an elder of a church without due process. Now, I'm not saying that we just let things go, and when we see videos online or we see people that we love listening to heresy, it's always loving and it's always good, and it is challenged to us in Scripture. It is commanded of us in Scripture to say, hey, that's wrong. Call out those things that are wrong. But calling something out is not to be a pompous. Calling something out is not to feel pride and showmanship in our attitudes and approach. To call out wrong teaching is to say, hey, that's wrong. The Bible says this. The Bible says that. God himself teaches this. And we must have the heart of a teacher so that we can actually care about correcting things so that we want to see people transformed. So if we want to see people transformed, then we must be willing to stick to the text of Scripture. Now, that's all I have time for today. But, beloved, listen, as we go into the next three days or four days of this week, I want you to remember that we must stick to what the Bible teaches us. And we must not use the narrative of Scripture. In other words, we must not see how the apostles acted and how Jesus acted and how they spoke in certain circumstances as an indication of how we should respond and act. No, the narrative of the Scripture is just to show us what did happen. And when we see the teaching then, the didactic of Scripture, then we know what to do, say, and how to act. So let's learn the difference in those. If you're interested in learning how to interpret the Scripture and apply it, you can check our weekly podcast out 
called Straight Out of Context, where we talk about biblical hermeneutics and applied theology. But until next time, I want you to really consider, do you have a heart of respect and love, gentleness, kindness, and reverence when you're correcting those in error? Are you considering people who are your brothers and sister in Christ who may be in error? Are you considering them in love? Are you just wanting to be right? You are not God's hero. Quit. Get a day job. Glad you're listening.